Oh no, Sid Norche. Albertino, my friend. It's such a horrible day. I'm so sorry that your season has been ended like this with an ACL tear. Oh, true fate. When wilt thou weary be? Oh no, oh pity, I'm, I'm so sad. Pity Martinez. What? We covered this couple of statues ago. Let's use my full name. The listeners won't know that this sketch is a conversation between me, Pitti Martinez, and you, Brecce, players at Atlanta United for 2019. Well, at least one of us still is. <laughs> no, no, Breck. There she shook the holy water from her heavenly eyes and clamor moistened. I'm, I'm so sad, oh, Pitti. I'm, I'm, I'm so sad. Any player would be in your condition, my friend. Sidelined for a season. Oh, give me thy hand. One writ with me in Sour Misfortune's book. Is, is that Shakespeare? Never mind. I, I guess the worst part of all of this, I won't be able to make it to the MLS All-Star game. Why not? We can still take you there. You must not think that we are made of stuff so fat and dull that we can let our beard be shook with danger and think it pastime. That doesn't make any sense. I got rid of my beard a, a while ago, but... That's beside the point. I don't want them to see me like this. Just all those fans, I'm not going to be a broken tribute to this game, paraded around for applause on the pitch, maybe given a couple of minutes and stoppage time at the very end. Allowed to play? Yeah, like at, at the very end, why like they, allowed at, at stoppage time, Why right? would they allow you to play? Because I'm an MLS All-Star. No, 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 you're not. What? What? Why are you saying, no, you're not? I mean, you are not an MLS All-Star. That seems wrong. They they let you in and kept me out? I mean, I was a big star at River Plate. Well, my own brain, we're, we're not at River Plate anymore. We're, we're, we're in the U.S. state. You are the coolest she alive. If you will lead these graces to the grave and leave the world no copy. I don't understand why you are just quoting Shakespeare. I don't get it. And you are misquoting it. Viola isn't saying Olivia is cruel. She's saying that Olivia would be cruel to take her beauty to the grave. It's like you've never actually understood this incredibly important passage... Never mind, you haven't done jack shit here. Our fans manipulated the vote to get you onto the all-star roster. And I just assumed that they might have done the same for their actual all-star. Hell, our coach hates you. In that kind of state, how would they let you be an all-star? To be... Or not to be? That is the question. <coughs> Welcome to We Call It Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Caleb. I'm Shane. And I'm Colin. This week, Notch isn't here yet again, and he usually writes these. So, um... I'm supposed to riff on this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go. You're, um, doing, you're doing great. Keep uh, going. God, what am I? Um, something. Um, Mike Pecky is also gone. There we go. Gold. You did it. Roll it. All right, we're back for another week. Uh, Colin here. 
Caleb here. Notch, not here. Sasha, not here. All right, this is our old friend Shane. How's it going, buddy? I'm good. Glad to be here. Thank you guys for having me back on. Um, we are just very, very glad that we have another player for our futsal team. I'm I'm happy to help. I love good, playing because some- we need you. Awesome. I'm ha- who do I have to hit? Um, oh, Westerdine, uh, uh, David Martin, probably, um, Elisa Vicuña. They don't need kneecaps for their jobs, do they? Um, not that I know of. All right. I mean, Martin definitely <laughs> I'm doesn't. Just so. I'm not that mean. So, but um, I'm glad you guys had me back on. I was really, really nervous last time, so I've been taking some notes. Um, I have these things prepared. Uh, uh, I'd like to start with like the Kirk Cousins contract. Um, it's a little bit inflated. Um, um, Shane. Shane. What? Wrong football. Fuck. Sorry, man. All uh, right. Like, like it, it's soccer. That's, that's why the podcast is called We Call It Soccer. Like, I, I mean, know that... We do have a segment about, that says football in it. Yeah, that's yeah. that's we, where I got confused, I think. Oh, oh God. Oh, yeah. That, that's really They call football Over, elsewhere, yeah. overseas. I mean, we were going to skip that segment anyway. Yeah. I mean, if but, you want to pepper in some weird football takes, like American football takes... Go ahead, but we're going to skip it no, and probably no, delete no. it in the podcast I just deleted anyway. all my notes. Oh. <laughs> so, um. Sounds like our first take of that sketch. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, uh, yeah, but uh, Shane has played soccer until recently, so we have a ringer, I, I, guys. I, I, I'm not take that uh, You are 10 times better than either of us. Also, producer Nick. Uh, Nick, are you any good at soccer? But the championship is a game. That's a maybe. That's That's a maybe. I think that's a yes. I heard he kicked a ball the other day. Also, I think that's a segment cue for our very first segment, the championship. But the championship is a game. Is it a game? Is it a league? No. It's the segment where we discuss America's top leagues, NWSL and MLS. First things first, let's talk about the NWSL couple of midweek games a little bit different than usual. Sky Blues FC uh, took the loss against the Washington Spirit at home 1-0, but uh, the most important part of this game actually happened pre-game. Sky Blues GM promised a beer garden to return to their stadium at Rutgers, which, let's face it, it, it's a terrible place to be at. That's why you need alcohol. The problem is that with some vendor mishaps, uh, they haven't had a liquor license for the last month or so. So to fix that, guess what they did? I mean, I know what they did. It's in the script, but what? What did they do, Colin? They bought a bunch of beers with the team's credit card at one of the team's sponsored stores and they, and, were, and they released two players that didn't pay their contracts no <laughs> that actually sounds a lot like sky blues but no um they just handed them out to patrons in line that's I, awesome for i f- sure hope they checked some ids for free like for free that's awesome i mean i, I mean i'd go yeah. to a sky blues game now i i, I would go to every game before, i would fly but... out and go to a game yeah just I for mean, a free beer yeah I mean, like Phoenix Rising in USL does the dollar beer nights, and they haven't lost any of them. All right. I don't want to go to Phoenix. The oh, Phoenix or New Jersey. I feel like if I went to Phoenix and I drank all that beer, I'd I'd probably just 
die, shrivel up well, in the desert. To be fair, it is Bud Light, so it actually oh, no, rehydrates you. Oh, that's so, that's anyway, uh, that is the best move the front office has made ever. Um, Ashley Hatch got a great through ball, puts it past the goalie for the only goal of the game yeah. for the Spirit. Result isn't surprising here. Not, um, not in the least. Leaps and abounds ahead of Sky Blue. Uh, Portland 5, Houston nil. Holy shit. Lindsay Horan. What? Yeah. So not only did she open up the scoring, she also had what could have been the goal of the century in NWSL. Bicycle kick from the top of the box almost chips Jane Campbell. She just tipped it onto the crossbar. It, it, it was outstanding watching that. I mean, they're, all of Portland was outstanding. Yeah. It's four goals in the first 23 minutes. Yeah. Uh, ridiculous. The Dash's defense was replaced by the Dynamo defense for this game, apparently. And pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, the fifth goal uh, was also an own goal by Jane Campbell. Not a great day for her. No. 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 That save was pretty much the only positive thing for her. Uh, Utah Royals took a loss at home against the North Carolina Courage. But Christian Press... Did something pretty fantastic for yeah. the goal. Um, I don't know if a one goal a week, but it should have. It, it did. That That's how we saw <laughs> that highlight. Um, it, the Courage definitely do look back to their old ways. Um, Darn. Watch out for them yeah. as mm-hmm. the season progresses. Another team that's back to their old ways, the Chicago Red Stars. 4-0 road win over Rain FC. Alyssa Nair had a fantastic first half keeping the rain at bay. In the meantime, uh, Red Stars just scored on all of their good chances. It, it was one of those games where the finishing <laughs> might have been a little bit lucky. The Rain FC defending might have been a little bit shit. But hey, when you score your chances, you win usually. Exactly. That's yeah. like the most yep. Yogi Berra soccer thing to say right there. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's John Madden. <laughs> um, also, we had the fun chance in the highlights for Caleb to wonder wait a minute, does Sam Kerr not score in this game? One frame letter. <laughs> yeah, literally, she scored yeah, when we like, were watching highlights. So yeah. She always scores, just never question her. Yeah. She, Best she forward is, in the world. Yeah. Probably. Give her the golden ball. Um, Houston did at least make things up on the weekend with a 1-0 win over Sky Blues. Uh, Rachel- I mean, redemption, kind of? I, I guess. Yeah. Rachel Daly yeah, with scored twenty second minute. Yeah. Good goal. Yeah. Not not necessarily the most uh enthralling of games. Sky Blues continue to unfortunately only inspire with free beer. Have they won yet? I believe so. But okay. I I think if if so, it's been once. It's it's continuing to be dire for them. Um speaking of dire, let's move into MLS, but Take a little diversion to League's Cup. I, I, I forgot that was happening. Everyone did too. Um, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> did the MLS teams apparently. Yeah. <laughs> including all of the starters for those MLS teams. Uh, Cruz Azul beat Chicago 2 0. And then uh, their fans kind of beat up some Chicago fans on the way out. And it was a little bit mutual. And it, it was a bad scene that, according to the uh, Independent Supporters Council, of Chicago was probably abetted by very uh, lax security, despite the exhortations of supporters groups saying that something bad is going to happen if you don't police it. It's almost like 
the entire Chicago Fire organization is terrible and is in need of a drastic refresh. Or a rebrand at a new stadium. I mean, they're lucky they still have fans, Yeah, to be honest, with the way they treat their fans and treat their team and treat everything. I mean, it's hard to tell if they do actually have fans. Well, they won't be the fire anymore for much longer, so. There we go. Uh, The LA Galaxy did get a win over Club Tijuana. They won 3-1 on penalty kicks. It was a 2-2 draw in normal time. Matt Lampson coming up big with some saves. Good to see him mm-hmm. still doing things. I think this was his first action for the Dallas. I think Bingham has yeah. been pretty much entrenched in their goal. Which is weird because yeah. it's David Bingham. He's bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Houston, they lost 6-5 to Club America on PKs. Uh, Romo Kyoto missed the first penalty. Uh, noted one who got away, Nicolas Benedetti, uh, was the scorer in normal time for Club America. He also had one of the PKs. Then um, RSL, we thought that the best and only thing that we could say about this game, uh, the 1-0 loss to Tigres, was the cat that ran on the field late on and almost scored, but Andre Pierzyniak just had to be a dick and not I mean, that cat was offside, him? so I see why he didn't play to him, but... Yeah. Honestly, no. Like that cat, <laughs> that cat waited for the run. He ran through Zinyak, was darting towards the goal. He would have been on side had Zinyak made the pass. I'm telling mean, you, uh, was it a black cat? Because you don't want to cross to a black cat. Uh no. It was like a. I did. It was like grayish. a. Yeah, it was. I don't know. It was like a fluffyish like. It was a terrifying brown. cat. That's what it was. Yes, like, it was. The fuck is going but on? But it was an adorable cat. <laughs> and this is coming from a dog person. Anyway, only RSL <laughs> came really all that close to feeling a full strength lineup. Only Chicago lost by more than one goal. Uh, so that that must be progress, right? Sure, sure, yeah. Don. Yeah, I'm sure you believe that. Yeah. Um, also. Uh, we'll talk about the other things that happened in that RSL game in just a little bit. Um, Inter-Miami announced their first two signings. Uh, the big one is Matias Pellegrini signing from Argentine club Estudiantes on a rumored $10 million transfer fee. Um, Argentine U20 international, what else do we know about him? Uh, three goals and 15 lead games and two Copa Libertadores appearances. Um, he's... He's obviously one for the future, but yeah. a good signing on paper mm-hmm. right now for Inter Miami. Uh, trying to go more the Atlanta United route, getting those young stars from the South America. Yep, he'll be uh, loaned back to Estudiantes until January 2020. As will um, fellow 19-year-old Julian Carranza, who signed from Banfield. Getting yep. into the games, NYCFC on a Friday night, scoring three past the one of Sporting Kansas City. This game notable for multiple fights between players in the game, but there were teammate fights. Everyone's favorite fights. Yeah, it was, it was insane, but just watching the teammates fight each other, it's something you rarely actually see. And so it's nice when you see it and it's not your team. Oh, oh yeah, yeah oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, Fail Harbor was pretty hot. Yeah. Um, um, failed clearance on a set piece in the first half. Um, they... Then started shoving each other. Uh, Matt Beasler, Benny Failhaber, uh, really getting into it. It's almost like they're mad at each other for being partially responsible for SKC sucking this year. <laughs> um, then, in, yeah, then in second half stoppage, 
Uh, there's a little bit of a skirmish between NYC's Alex Collins and Valentin Castellanos um, over who is going to take a free kick. Um, those are always fun, too, because it doesn't really matter. It really doesn't. Because chances are you're not going to score on that free kick, no matter yeah. who takes it. Yeah. Um, also, but, it was um, stoppage time. NYCFC was up 3-1 already. Um, you had Tinnerholm getting an acrobatic finish on uh, Alex Ring's crossbox pass. It was a good just team goal. Yeah, Everyone fantastic the ball. team goal. Um, Ebert scored in his fifth straight appearance, uh, chipped Tim Mealy on the 54th, which also made Alexandre Mitritsa kind of mad that he didn't pass. Yeah, he Mitritsa was just like yelling for the ball. It was No it pass. Was Everybody was like, I'm getting yeah. all the goals. Alex Ring made it three for City. Uh, the other bizarre moment in this game uh, was Roger Espinoza getting sent off, then having VAR review it to change how sent off he was. Yeah, yeah he, he, was get, he picked up a second yellow card for a vicious knee or a cleat to the knee. It, yeah, yeah like his thigh, thigh area. Oh, yeah, pretty terrible. Uh, no Maxime bueno. Cheneau got the worst of it. VAR reviewed it. They called him back on the field and overturned the second yellow to make it a straight red. Just... Total shithousery from the ref right there. Just brilliant. I mean, we all know how bad the disciplinary committee is. So, like, at least Dave Gantar was looking I mean, out yeah, for yeah. Espinosa knew it. He was oh, running. He totally did. He yeah. was, like, running off the field like, oh, yellow. Thank God. Yeah. I Note to all the all the MLS players out there who listen. I know you're all listening. Um, don't cleat anyone in the thigh. If you're going to hit somebody, elbow them in the face. Yes. yes, you get away with it. You get away it's with fine. it. It's exactly. Easy. Also, it helps me name Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Bingo. Uh, speaking of the victims of Zlatan Ibrahimovic, LAFC <laughs> came back 4-3 victors over Atlanta United in what was certifiably a bonkers first half. This was a lot more interesting than the game I was at. I was at the St. Saint Paul Saints game where they got drubbed 8-1 against a team that nicknamed the Rotors from a town I'm pretty sure doesn't exist. So... This game would have been much more interesting to watch. It really was. Um, Mo Adams scores on his Atlanta debut 80 seconds in. It's pretty good. Pretty good yeah. way to introduce yourself to the team. Pretty uh, solid. LFC realized that they were playing at that point and scored four unanswered. Yeah, it, LFC, I mean, they turned it on and yeah, it was on. Like, it, it took them a little bit. Like, they were mm-hmm. playing angry for about 30 minutes, and then it was an 11-minute stretch of just pure annihilation and possibly bad refereeing as yeah. well. Uh, our Lord and Savior, Dio, scored the first goal. Rossi and Fela with the PK that he dove for. Very and much dove for. Out to us to try the prettiest goal. Um, just turn and finish. I mean, mm-hmm. that Diamante goal Diamante was, was pretty good. That first, yeah. Yeah, first that, that Diamante yeah. goal was the best. Yeah. His name is Dio. Adama Ronnie James Dio. Monday. Uh, <laughs> um, Atlanta got another one back in stoppage time in the first half. Just Martinez scored through traffic. Um, then shortly after the break, um, Eddie Segura had just a beautiful, gorgeous toe poke strike. For Atlanta, unfortunately. Yeah, it was no goal. for LAFC. Mm-hmm. Womp, um, womp. Pity Martinez, uh, much maligned on this podcast and this touch earlier, uh, had one of the passes that made Colin blush. It, it was just a perfect 40-yard crossfield right to feet. Should have been a goal. It's unbel- it, It's indescribable how that one did not go in. 
Um, two minutes later, Pity Martinez gets subbed off by Frank DeBoer <laughs> for Ezekiel Barco, and then they proceed to suck for the next 30 minutes, have well, like maybe two chances on goal after that. You need to rest for the All-Star game because he's uh-huh. an All-Star. Hey, now, he's an All-Star. Uh, LGP, Leo Gonzalez-Perez, who we decided during the highlights is just a low-rent Sergio Ramos. He very much yeah. is. Um, during his pre-All-Star game interviews, quote, Two years of playing the same way, which in return gave you results, coming out as champions, winning the lead in a deserving manner. When there was no reason to change, things changed. End quote. You kind of watched things back on earlier today, but not, not really. Not but really. also kind of, but also not really. He didn't Yeah. Tell. Like, <laughs> he basically said, my words sounded a lot worse than I planned them to, <laughs> which I meant is what the, I said, but was meant to be less harsh. Exactly. So, uh, Frank DeBoer, the fuck are you doing, man? Like, please stay there the forever. Work? Please stay there exactly. forever. Please stay there forever. Bingo. Um, New England had a 4-1 win over Orlando. Gustavo Bo, he's really good. Yeah, he yeah. is. He's fantastic. Great Th- signing for them. Uh, stored three minutes. In. A lot of early goals this week. Whole um, lot of early goals. I'm trying to drink my beer at the start of the highlights, and then bam, goal. Exactly. So like Shane is stone cold sober right now. His his beer is still full. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, man. I, I feel you can you. drink now though. Yeah, it, it's totally fine. Go for it. Oh, it is empty. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were stone cold sober. Anyway, yeah, basically, New England's plan right now is just to have Gustavo Bo running towards the box, have somebody close by looking for a pass to him, and then like their check down move is to take the wide open shot. That's how good Gustavo Bo is right now. Yeah. I mean, that's a bold strategy, and it's working for them. It definitely uh, is. Pania, uh, <laughs> Pania doesn't dick around. No, he does not. Not sitting from the near post on a Brandon Bai cross. Former Crow. There it is. Brandon Bai. Mm-hmm. Um, Lamine Sané uh, handles the ball in the box. Carlos Heel bears the PK. And then Diego Fadundes with an amazing 25-yard strike from with his right pad, too. He's a lefty. In the top far top corner. Yeah. Um, Akindele with the make weight goal for Orlando. Um, New England hasn't lost since May 8th. Guess what happened the day after May 8th? They won. Brad Friedel got fired. They won <laughs> they figuratively. Won. Yeah. They won That's, indeed. Uh, it's just weird seeing fans in the stadium as well. I remember watching a Minnesota United game <laughs> and you could hear Francisco Calvo yelling at everybody. Yeah. Which, I mean, oh, that's a very what old else sentence is, right yeah, now. What <laughs> else is new? Um, moving on. Uh, New York Rebels losing 3 2 to Columbus. What? Yeah. Brian, uh, even though they lost, Brian White is still doing work for. The Red Bulls instead of BWP. Yeah. Uh, the Unster is storing goals and bunches for them. Right. The Robles just had a bad game as well. Yeah, oh, yeah. He, he definitely did. Uh, Luis Argudo equalized for Columbus right after Brian White scored. Uh, mm-hmm. Later assist to Pedro Santos for the lead. And then uh, Jesse Zardes, I think accidentally. Uh, yeah, totally accidentally. Yeah. He was not trying to head it. No, no he, he, he was trying, trying to head to, it to himself. Yes. And it ended up being the game-winning assist. Two Pedro Santos who got a brace. Yeah, Gosh, that's two. That's, yeah. that's two. That's two. Okay. Yeah, Shane, come on, man. I know it's two. Okay. Yeah. Um, Aaron Long has not been sold to England yet. The rumors are that um, West Ham was in for him for about three million dollars, which seems really low for seems the MLS low. Defender of the Year. 
Who knows? Um, Chicago had a nil-nil draw against DC United. Um, I want to read this uh, choice ending line from Bridget Gordon's recap over at Hot Time in Old Town. Quote, other than the point, a point that will in no way help the fire qualify for the playoffs, but might keep them out of last place, maybe. The only good thing one can say about this game is that it brings us one step closer to the offseason and freedom. Horrible, horrible freedom. If you aren't always reading Bridget Gordon's stuff, you are doing it wrong. That is the only reason to follow the Chicago Fire right now. Hot Time in Old Shows. I uh, know Hot Time in Old Town sounds like a burlesque show name, honestly. It's actually a book about uh, the heat wave that led to the Chicago Fire. Oh, hmm. I was totally wrong. Yeah. Anyway, okay. um, you know. following suits, uh, Dallas and Salt Lake also tied nil nil. Um, and we teased it earlier. Colin, take it away. Re Mike Petke. So, you know how everyone loves Mike Petke? For getting mad at referees doing things. Um, yeah, turns out uh, during the afters of the League's Cup game, uh, he went after the Costa Rican referee, John Pitty, seemingly saying the couple of words that he knows in Spanish that he shouldn't. That is what has been um, unverified, but you can read lips and tell what he said. RSL promptly, after a meeting with Don Garber this afternoon, announced that Petke is suspended following uh, his repeated outbursts, uh, his failure to express the values that RSL upholds, and the repeated pattern of referee abuse. Two weeks without pay, no contact with the team. During that time, he's required to undergo anger management, diversity, and sensitivity training. Just in case you wondered what he said to that referee, who, once again, is Costa Rican. You kind of understand what he probably said. I think I came out on Mike Pecky like back in August of last year. Whenever it was that the Loons played RSL and he went on that Simpsons rant. Yeah. I think it was August. That was that was July. July. I was so close. So I mean so we're also close. very close to August right now. So Yes, mm-hmm. indeed. Um but basically the problem that people have with lionizing Mike Pecky as the savior against bad refereeing is that Mike Pecky just engages in referee abuse. That's what he does. Like, he uses his platform as a charismatic head coach to be that asshole at a youth game that rips on the referee for actually making correct calls. So, hopefully, this ends up being the moment that people actually sour on Mike Pecky. Hopefully, this is the chastening moment that he needs, desperately needs, to be a responsible head coach in this league because otherwise what he allegedly said to this referee should have been a fireable offense. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yes. I mean, any, almost any other coach fired immediately. Like you get kicked out of the stands for saying what he said. The fact that he's not kicked out of the league. I mean, just, is it just today, uh, was it six Chelsea fans were banned one, one of them for life from Stanford bridge for racial abuse thrown towards Raheem Sterling. Yeah. 
this past season. So something that I think the MLS needs to look into and on the table close look at Mike, Mike Petty and all his comments after games and there's, there's definitely a pattern there. I mean, yeah, oh, it's it's worrisome. I hope for his sake and for the RSL fans that he can right the ship, but it's a hard ship to steer back on the course yeah. when he's mm-hmm. the, he's been doing this for so long. Yeah, and just now it's crossed a line that MLS can't see happen. Very much so. Um, let's move on. Houston with a one nil loss at home against Seattle. Really boring first hour or so. But then um, Jordan Morris and his uh, shoulders, I mean, neck. <laughs> Same thing. Same thing. Yeah, yeah they, they meld together. Uh, great touch in the box <laughs> while he's getting person. tackled. Pushes the ball slowly past everyone, including just a hapless minor Figueroa. <laughs> tried to toe poke it and just couldn't even it's, get remotely close. Just trickles into yeah. the net. It's like, like that nice, gently. Like that Looney Tunes uh, cartoon where Budge is playing baseball and he strikes like a bunch of batters out with like a slow ball and like they're all swinging three times and they miss. It's right out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, guys. I think yeah. I remember that one. Yeah. Yeah. He would. Sure. Yeah. So that was really the only bit you, of excitement. Yeah. Would you guys do go outside in your rotage? Come on. Um, but I mean, if you want to honestly, like my childhood, I was the South Park generation by then. Oh, I was outside all the time. I just oh. biked everywhere. Oh, Mornings, though, Looney Tunes on Cartoon Network. The Lent Tom and Jerry. A boomer. 10 to 11 was Looney Tunes. 11 to 12 was Tom and Jerry. Then at noon, your dad would come in because his office was in your house, and we'd watch Days of Our Lives while we'd eat lunch. Yeah, not the Days of Our Lives part, but yeah, I did watch some Looney Tunes. <laughs> I mean, I, I probably watched some Days of Our Lives, but that was because my mom being home. So Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that, that, there's really no good... Yeah, uh, there, there's really no good way to here. end that. So um, let's just go into our first break. We'll come back with a little bit more We Call It Soccer in just a little bit. So this weekend, Shane and I are going to Duluth with our similar brothers, Taylor and Grace. And do you have any suggestions where we should go, Colin? In Duluth? Um, We're open to suggestions. There's yeah, no yeah, like, yeah. Plan, yeah. right really. now, everything that we have planned is a brewery okay. or ben, another brewery. Uh, ben or, Paddle, Castle um, Danger. You guys are planning Euler. a trip to Northbound Smokehouse, right? I don't know what that is. DeWitt Sites Building. It's like smoked meat and fish. That sounds so amazing. Good. Okay. Yeah. Um, Will we smell like smoked meats when we walk out of that place? You might. I'm in. I'm Just in. from the that's amount that you all need. Yeah, that's all yeah. needed, as he yeah. told me. Bingo. Um, aside from that, I mean, just walking around on the lakeshore. Yeah. Like, yeah. I go out to, like, far park point and just walk around and, like, look like I'm in a bad Scandinavian movie. It's it, it's one of my favorite or, things. Or here. a folk rock uh, Music video? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. We can do that. Yeah. Right. Speaking of Minnesotan things, let's move into our sub segment, Don't Look Back in Anger. I mean, I'm prepared now. Uh, Max Kepler, um, he's been doing pretty well. 
Um, I mean, I'm, I do actually I, want to talk about the <laughs> twins at some point. I might make a twins reference I mean, during this segment, no less. I, I don't notes. know how you got this confused. It's That's not even close to the right sport. I, I, the Loons played at Target Field once. Did they? Yeah. One of the no, I must say I confused that the Club Lyon friendly the Miguel Ibarra was like awkwardly playing as a fullback. Oh, wasn't that Nessie? Uh, the first Club Lyon friendly was at Nessie. The second one was at Target Field. Okay, I must have just you know, Men in Black pen thing from that mind from my mind. It, it was a shit game. Don't oh, worry. Okay. Anyway, speaking of shit games, uh, Minnesota nil nil draw against <laughs> Vancouver. 37 crosses, you guys. How many did they complete? Three. How, I three don't believe I don't believe they completed three. I, I was surprised to know that they completed three as well. Yes. One so. cross completed. Ah, ah, ah. Two, Two crosses cross completed. completed. Ah, 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 ah. Three cross completed. Ah, Bullshit. Ah, ah. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, hey, this is a children's show. No, it's Fuck not. That it's was, a podcast. That was reference to, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, Minnesota um, stuff. Uh, Paul Fenton got fired today. That's nice. Yeah, that that actually is <laughs> oh, a, sorry. a positive these are thing. Notes. I don't know why I have these. <laughs> <laughs> so that was maybe the worst game I've seen this year. Like in any context, the, the Chicago fire a, game was pretty bad. I got some PTSD from the Atlanta game where they got a red card right away, and we just did the same thing over yeah, and over and over. They, and over it over really again. did remind me of that game. Um, I, Except for I will say this: I was at the Chicago game. That was at least slightly more exciting because Chicago scored. True, I guess. Like, Is this our first nil-nil draw all year? I. No, because no. the no, Galaxy oh, game. That, that yeah. game was actually fun, though. Yeah, that was that was <laughs> rad Exciting. because yeah. like we actually looked good, and it was and the Galaxy are good. Yeah, it was, it was weird to see uh, us defend. Um, Vancouver, on the other hand, not not very oh, good. Not at all. Um, Packed the box with played out with seven defensive players to start the game for one. Yeah, like I mean, was it? I don't think. It was the worst game all year. Just, I mean, result based, uh, got a point. All the other losses that we had were worse, but at least the, I mean, those days might have had excitement to them. But I felt better about this game than I guess the New England game. Yeah, I didn't. But we also scored in that sure. game. But also yeah. at the same time, it was a team we should have beat at I, that I, point in their in their season. I think the biggest problem with this game was that it was so blatantly obvious that Minnesota had no ideas. Uh, Metnair, do things. Um, cross. Uh, this brings up a pretty point, I think, you, Colin, you had um, at the game, or was at the game or on yeah. Twitter later. Um, I think it was the Ewing theory. What do yeah. Metnair and Patrick Ewing have in common? Uh, they're the best players on their team, and they make their team worse. When they're not on their team, their team is better, and exactly. I don't know. It, it, it's inex- I, I can't explain why. I love Metnir. Yeah, he's, I, he's great. Metnir is a fantastic player, but it, and this is where I was going to bring in the twins. Ramon Metnir is Adrian Heath's Nick Punto. Oh no! Oh yeah! I mean, you just like just, he, I'm, Caleb is very confused. I'm by a this. Brewers fan, so um, back. I thought, he, Nick, I, I thought that guy has a last name we can't say in soccer. Uh, it's very close. I was <laughs> going to make that joke, but oh, I did not. Um, so back in back in the early 2010s, 
Uh, Nick Punta was a utility infielder for the Minnesota Twins. And whatever Ron Gardenhire did, he always wanted Nick Punto in the lineup because he was a scrappy spark plug type of player. He he just got he he didn't even hit well. He hit, hit like 240. Yeah, 240, was, 250. Solid defense, but like his running was not that good and I think it was just cuz um the White Sox coach called them piranhas that exactly. one time. Exactly. And then yeah. they just like he kept doing the same thing. But they- see, the thing that makes Ramon Betonier like Nick Punto is that I think he really does contribute to Adrian Heath's worst instincts in how to play. It's yeah. that the idea that you can break down a bunkered defense by just crossing the ball and giving the ball to them. Like, that, that is stupid on its face. If you know that there's going to be seven guys able to defend a cross, why are you crossing at them? Like, why aren't you just holding the ball, possess for 75% of the game, and then just take shots, try to pass through them, try to run through them? Instead, they were just giving the ball away to Vancouver 34 times. Giving them a nice counterattack. Yeah. They're not a good counterattack team, but it gave them the opportunities because we'd have possession, we'd go in, and... They'd get the ball immediately. We did have our chances. Um, Angelo was uh, moments late to uh, cross from Ethan Finley. Yeah, what, the third minute, second minute. Yep. with that. Miguel uh, Labara had a similar run, I believe. From it was either Finley or Quintero. Yeah. Um, um, Mason Toy shot one right over the bar. Ibarra's shot one right over the bar. Yeah. Yep. Angelo um, hit the post. I hit the crossbar. The crossbar. Quintero uh, hit Ibarra. Yeah, huh. yeah. It, it it was just one of those games where like nothing was and going right. Here's where I'll be devil's advocate. We've had a, a lot of games like this this season, especially at Allianz. We just had moments of luck. Um, the goal by Ethan Finley against Columbus, the deflection goal against Houston by Redenire, oh, Mason's um, toy, Mason's yeah, Mason's toy, goal. Mason toy, yeah. scoring against Dallas. Yeah. But I mean, on the flip side, does that mean that Minnesota needs luck to win? And I think every so, team needs luck to yes. win. I think Minnesota might need a little bit more. I think we used a lot of luck earlier this season. This yeah. might be where we're at as a team. Where we're going to fight with everybody that comes to Allianz, but we might need moments of luck here and there to get all three points. I, I guess what I'm saying is if we need those moments of luck to get three points against a team like Vancouver, then that's not a good sign no, for our skill level. When it comes to the gauntlet of teams that are going to face up against the Loons going forward. Portland's coming up this weekend. We'll talk about how they did this this past week. But it, things do not get easier for the Loons. This was probably the most winnable game of the year. Granted, it was against a team that sets up very well against Adrian Heath's tactics of try and cross, try and through balls, See if you can get a defender to make a mistake. And the team that prefers to be on the counter, Minnesota mm-hmm. does not like to have the ball in their at their feet. No. They rather oh have God. it at um take it off someone else's feet and go forward. Yeah. I think and the fifty six percent possession that they had was maybe the first positive possession game they've had in quite some time. Well, I'd have to go back for probably how since, long it's been. 
probably since maybe the San Jose game um, of way. That's what's infuriating about Minnesota United is I feel like Heath wants us to have possession, but most of our goals come when we get a counter or we get a fast, just a fast and creative goals. Yeah. And I think the other thing that infuriated me about this game was that after the game, Adrian Heath said that crossing was going to be part of their game plan, knowing that they were going to bunker. Like knowing Mm. that Vancouver was going to play like this, crossing was Adrian Heath's idea. Oh my God. It's like in football manager. The system manager thinks that the cross, no, your cross are connecting. What should you do? Don't cross them. Don't cross anymore. (laughs) You click make changes. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't uh, click. Yeah. Uh, speaking of make changes, Eric Miller uh, was traded to NYCFC for 50000 in general allocation money. Ooh, Garber. Uh, yeah, Garber dollars. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's something that we probably saw coming um, yeah. with the emergence of Chase Daspar and Hassani Dotson yep. as our mm-hmm. um, prime candidates for fullback ahead of Eric Miller. Yep. He, he played well when he's on the pitch. Um, yeah, he's at the stage solidly. of his career where he should be playing. Yeah, yeah he he's got to be playing somewhere. He's twenty six years old. Yeah, I think he's been underutilized at each of the last places he's yeah. been at. Uh, Colorado. They switched to a system that didn't have fullbacks. Yeah, Minnesota. Adrian Heath really requires a more offensive minded fullback, which. Again, we we talked about why that's a problem at times. Yeah, mm-hmm. Eric Miller does not fit that mold. I think for NYCFC, he's not going to be a regular starter. Anton Tinnerholm is a very good right back, mm-hmm. but he could slot in as a left back in front of Ronald Maturita. I don't rate Ben Sweat, even though he made the national team, but <laughs> that's <laughs> that was one of the most maddening call ups ever. But. Uh, it, Eric Miller's got a good chance in New York City, and as good of a dude as he is, I've I've heard fantastic things about him as a person. I really hope he catches on there. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. NYC, they're a good team. He's going to be under at least solid soccer minds with Claudio Reyna as the sporting director that brought him in. Yeah, oh. at least we didn't banish him to soccer hell in Chicago. God, it is fiery down there. Um, yeah. <laughs> Is, does this mean anything for Minnesota? They're going to make another move or is this just freeing up a, some space I mean, for I, I, the offseason? Sources have not said anything. Ooh, sources. We have sources now? No. I, I, have, <laughs> I have like third-hand sources, and those third-hand sources are very quiet. Yeah, I have fourth-hand sources. Collins. Collins yeah, one that's of right. yeah, yeah, exactly, sweet. yeah. I figured. Anyway... <laughs> Let us get back into MLS action. Montreal with a, a much more interesting 4-0 win over Philadelphia of all teams. Ooh, goals. Uh, yeah, tons of goals in this one. A uh, goal story in orgy, some would say. <laughs> like the announcer for Montreal would say that. He <laughs> he literally said that, yeah. Orgy Conquo with one of the goals. Um, Lassie Lapalainen. Um, oh, that's such a fucking great name. Can you say it one more time? Lassie Lapalainen. Oh, that's great that, pronunciation. That is too. the most Finnish name I have ever heard. Love it. Um, comes in on loan from Bologna and scores two goals, making his uh, transfer immediately worth it. Um, part of that transaction also included um, the impact terminating the contract of Tam <laughs> midfielder Harry Navio. 
who got brought in um, just this uh, past offseason. Remy Gard, who pushed for his signing on the termination, said, and I quote, it's a failure. I assume the responsibility, and that's all I want to say. Unquote. <laughs> if I might go back to Lassie right now, uh, the Bologna, right? He's from there. My Bologna has a first name. It's L-A-S-S-I. Bologna's second name. Holy shit. I'm not going to spell that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, I, I thought about it. I had to get it out there. Anyway, moving yeah. on. Toronto 2, Cincinnati 1. Pretty close game. Surprisingly close game. Probably shouldn't have been that close of a game. No. Uh, Nick DeLeon opened the score for Toronto, and then Ooh. Golazi always scores. <laughs> Golazi. That yeah, that was a hell of a goal. That, that was basically from, what, 25, 30 25, yards. 25, 30 yards. Oh. Uh, Bender looked a lot like Kristen Press's goal. Go mm-hmm. check it out. It should be Good goal of the week. Of those. Yeah, yeah, it should be. Um, since he did get one back through Mano Ledesma, very unconvincing win by Toronto. You wonder whether or not they can really put the hammer down against uh, bad teams. If that sounds familiar, it's I, like they're I still don't understand over. why. From being good like a few years ago. Yeah, like they just <laughs> like I, they were drunk that season. <laughs> like they've been just so drunk since last season. They're they're just hungover. I mean, honestly, like year and a half long hangovers is probably why it was a good idea for me to quit drinking. Anyway, <laughs> uh, noted fraud Jeff Reuter reports that FC Cincinnati will be hiring Ron Yans as their head coach. The former. Uh, that, that sounds like a made-up name. That's, I'm dead serious. That's his name. Yeah. Sorry, Ronald Diaz um, was the uh, former boss at Pekzvola. Um, Gerard Nykamp, the uh, new incoming uh, Cincinnati GM's most recent position. Um, he won the Dutch Cup over Ajax in 2014, made the Europa League. Um, also coached for Standard Liège, Herenveen, Groningen, hasn't coached since 2017 so if if you want to feel really uh really optimistic about a coaching signing for cincinnati there you go all right ron we'll see how good you are yeah something like that (laughs) um san jose with a 3-1 victory over the colorado rapids an own goal by lala sabubakar in the first minute another game where uh shane had to put his beer down right away it's just infuriating. Yeah. Uh, Vaco continued his hot streak, scored again. Shea Salinas completed the drubbing of Colorado. Go check out the dribble on that one where he just embarrassed people. It, it was... It was bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, Dig- good. Yeah. But also bad for Colorado. Yeah. Um, San Jose, I think, are continuing to show why you should invest in quality coaching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just remember that this team... Minus like three players finished dead fucking last and were abysmal to watch last year in the Western Conference. Yeah, they were really bad last year. Yeah, it's remarkable what Elmade has been able to do. mm -hmm. After all of this, as well, um, Andres Rios is joining San Jose um, on a TAM deal from the Argentine club Racing. I used to play for Matias Almeida way back when, as well. Portland. 4-0 4-0 victory over the Galaxy. Zlatan Ibrahimovic was not suspended for elbowing Mohamed El Minir in the face. Well, he took and the game off anyways. His, yeah. Like, yeah. It was it, nice of him to do that. Yeah. Just... Like, he, he didn't have to do that. The discipline committee was like, 
dude, you can actually try this game. But he was like, no, you're done. I'm, I'm good. I should have gotten a red, red. So I'm just gonna leave LA Galaxy with ten men. Yeah, yeah. But still down the pitch and take up a huge spot in that formation. Uh, right. Tristan Prittis opened the story and also got a brace later in the game. But Diego Valeri is not human. I'm pretty oh, sure that was a great wonderful goal, wonderful the goal, mag. wonderful run, nutmeg, and then throws it right around noted. Mediocre keeper David Bingham. Yes, okay. <laughs> then Jeremy Abbasi, um he scored. Yeah, that was a great header. Yeah. Uh, that was a great cost. Uh, yeah. Great header. Great cross. Yeah, yeah makes like, all of Minnesota even more sad. Yeah, great right after the red card, which was just an odd red card. Yeah, Fabio he, Alvarez uh, blasting the ball into the back of a Portland player. Just why are you doing that, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah like not, not, not cool. Not cool, man. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Not cool. Uh, Speaking of not cool, um, let's move into our next segment, Top Lo-Fi Hits. I thought Top Lo-Fi Hits were pretty cool, though. Why not? I mean... Wait, are Top Lo-Fi Hits not cool? I mean, these ones are cool, but the stuff that we're going to talk about is just cool. kind of weird because it it's lower league soccer. Um, so let's study the latest from the U.S. lower leagues with our sound-canceling headphones and some YouTube beats. Um, NISA has announced the NISA Showcase Fall 2019 schedule. Um, two conferences of four teams each, including Atlanta SC, who have the most clip art, word art gradation logo I have ever seen. Um, they'll be joined by Philadelphia Fury, Stumptown Athletic, which Best is name ever. weirdly in Charlotte. Suburban Charlotte. I was not expecting but that. But the championship is a game. I know, right? <laughs> I know. And uh noted team that's going to be in the NPSL finals this week, uh, Miami FC. Uh, the West Coast is all in California. San Diego 1904 FC. Congratulations, Anchorman. You have finally turned into a soccer team. Uh, Cal United Strikers of Orange County, um, Los Angeles Soccer Club, and Oakland Roots round that out. Oakland Roots have a kick-ass uh, crest. They really do. It is dope. Um, home yeah. and away, top team in each table will play in the finals. Uh, you've also got Detroit City and Chattanooga FC uh, playing home and home friendlies against, um, I believe it's Philly and Stumptown in advance of their expected joining in the spring 2020 season. In the meantime, NPSL, uh, they rebranded the Founders Cup to the members cup. Hey, the all members only jackets. I don't know. That's yeah. all I got. That's all I, I mean, can do right now. The best was everybody in NPSL Twitter that started just randomly tweeting eggplant emojis and the few people that didn't understand it. <laughs> it was so great. Anyway, uh, six teams will play home and away, including the sixth ranked teams in both the NPSL Great Lakes and Golden Gate Divisions great in 2019. Yes, mm-hmm. indeed. Uh, Michigan Stars FC and Napa Valley 1839. Um, certain sources tell me that uh, the NPSL teams, including the participants in the Founders Cup, learned about the rebrand and the new teams on Twitter when the league posted the press release. That's that's not good. That's exactly what I expect out of NPSL. Um, so I'm just surprised that they're even trying to keep this thing alive. Look, kids, we're hip, we're new. It's not the Founders Cup, it's the Members Cup. Now with more blackjack and hookers. 
Exactly. Uh, speaking of <laughs> Ooh, keeping blackjack. things alive for some reason, let's move into our next segment, Keep Hope Alive. Breaking news here for the women's national team. Jill Ellis is stepping down as coach until the end of the victory tour. Which will be coming to Allianz Field, I believe we talked about that last mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Um, Jill Ellis. Two one World of Cups. Two, yeah, yeah, one of two coaches to win back-to-back World Cups ever. And there will still be credit to say that she wasn't good enough, which is stupid and dumb. How, how dare you? Mm-hmm. I'm one of those critics. You won two World Cups in a row, Colin. I I know, I know, but it's a weird, it was a weird dynamic with Ellis as the head coach of one of the most dominant teams that you've ever seen in sports. I think in part, the expectations that we had for the national team really impacted how we viewed her tenure. Like, mm-hmm. winning the 2015 World Cup, fantastic, but then having the letdown of going out in the round of 16 in the Olympics. Then having three years where the goal was very much win the 2019 World Cup, but also make sure that you're starting the process for the next generation. That didn't entirely happen, but we still won the World Cup. And we still had a couple of young players like Rose Lavelle come through, Lindsay Horan taking a much bigger role. You still have a lot of those veterans that were part of that last generation still doing great work, but not necessarily moving into that next phase of their careers. And I think some of that you do have to put on Jill Ellis having a, a kind of limited player pool that she picked from. Yeah, she kind of stuck with the players that got her the 2015 and got her that trophy. Mm-hmm. Or not got her, but got the yeah. won the trophy. And you did see that with uh, some of the call-ups and some of the people who were um, left out, like Zerboni, who arguably should have been one of the midfielders called up for women's national team. Yeah, it, it just, It's just the U.S. soccer way you... you you find a squad and you stick with it, unfortunately, but it worked out well for the women. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's one of those where you'll continue to question how responsible Jill Ellis was for the results. It seems by all accounts she was a fantastic manager of that mm-hmm. locker room. So keeping at least the same personnel in place where you know that you're going to be successful with them does make a lot of sense. It's just you wonder how it's going to play out in the future with the rest of the world growing in leaps and bounds. Yeah, from- I mean, we, we saw in the World Cup that, I mean, the European teams are right there next to us. And we saw during the game against Spain, a team that really wasn't around as, as a power, even yeah. in Europe, that really took us down to the wire and could be, or probably will be, better at the natural world cup yeah. than yeah. the U.S. Yeah. At, at least at this point, you can yeah. say that. 
Um, according to the reports uh, from Jeff Kassif over at The Equalizer, um, who broke this story, Ellis's contract was set to expire July 31st. She did have a mutual option to uh, coach in the 2020 Olympics, um, but it was actually her decision to uh, step aside. Um, the report also suggested a women's GM is expected to be announced fairly soon, which is good because they'll be hiring a coach. <laughs> so, yeah. Let's move into our final segment of the evening. They don't call it soccer in brackets. Some do, though, where we discuss all of the news from the rest of the world. The rest of the world of and also here in the United States. I suppose, yeah. Kind of. The more oh, more the, bullshit tournaments that nobody cares about. How'd yeah. you know? The ICC was here. Bingo. Um, the attendances at the International Champions Cup uh, were, charitably speaking, garbage this year. Oh, they're trash. So um, bad. 11, 11 games, games in the U.S. averaged just under 30 tape per game. Such games were less than half of the capacity were sold. Some of those were in big football stadiums. You had um, Chivas de Guadalajara playing against uh, Benfica at... San Francisco 49ers Levi Stadium. Capacity there is 68,500. They sold 15,724 mm, like tickets. April New England Revolution numbers right there. Indeed. Um, <laughs> Chivas also played um, at La Madrid at the uh, Texas Rangers Baseball Stadium. 48,114 capacity. Uh, they sold 12,467 tickets. This is at Letico Madrid that we're talking about. And Speaking of the Madrid Derby at MetLife Stadium, sold 57,000. Sounds great, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, the capacity was 82,000. Yes. Uh, Real Madrid and Arsenal, two of the uh, most followed clubs in the U.S. Um, they only brought 52,000, 53,000 to uh, FedEx Field, which holds 82,000. Like, There it, were a couple sellouts. Yeah, um, at MLS Club. Stadiums. Arsenal and Bayern <laughs> at Carson, where the Carson Dallas play. And uh, Bayern versus AC Milan at Children's Mercy Park, where Kansas City plays. Yeah. Uh, it's. You wonder whether or not this tournament needs to happen next year. It really doesn't. It does not. This is just a tournament made to make money, and it's not doing that. Exactly. I mean, either you do that with teams and put them in soccer specific stadiums. Yeah. Have them play at the MLS club that ha- calls it Stadium Home. Or have like big derbies like the Madrid Derby, the um, Riviera Derby, or the um, North London Derby, the Northwest Derby. It's just a bunch of yeah. actual rivals that people want to see the big money makers, big crowd yeah. pleasers, I guess. And I mean, hell, just do the Madrid Derby, El Clasico, and we'll say Barca versus Atletico. You know, just have those three do a cup tournament in like have those <laughs> three games in a couple of big stadiums. Yeah. Yeah. That would be fine. But we, we probably don't need the ICC. We probably do need more like the Liverpool game against Dortmund where that was at Notre Dame stadium. I yes, think it was. And you know, they still sold a crap ton of tickets to that. I th- want to say they, if they didn't sell it out, they sold about like 90% of that stadium. Yeah. Tickets were a little bit cheaper than the ICC. And Maybe not they that got works. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got people in the door. That's part of the problem is that tickets are so much more expensive, especially if you're a season ticket holder for an MLS club. You're already paying a lot of money for tickets to go to regular yeah. season games, and you don't want to pay extra 40 to $50 to see a team you might care about. That doesn't. That's not playing their best player. Exactly. Bingo. Yeah, it's it, it's pointless. Um, some notable transfers or not this week. Um, Idris Agüe uh, going from Everton to PSG for thirty million pounds. Um, with this uh, brings the rumor that Moise Keane might be moved to Everton from Juventus, and I would hate that. That would suck that for would you so suck. much. Um, Arsenal signed uh, Dani Ceballos from Real Madrid on loan. Uh, William Saliba was signed from Saint Etienne um, and then gets immediately loaned back because, of course, Arsenal don't need defenders. Um, they're also rumored to be closing in on signing uh, the Lille winger, uh, Nicolas Pepe. Um, hopefully, his goals are not that rare. Um, the big non signing of the week, however, Gareth Bale is not apparently going to China. Where, where's he dinner go? Where is he dinner go? His contract contract is huge. Real Madrid doesn't want him. He doesn't want to stay at Real Madrid. Zidane Real Madrid wants him. a lot of money for him, and then they don't. But then they do. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. Like because he Jiangsu, was going to go to China for free, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, Jiangsu Suning did not want to pay a transfer fee. In exchange, hundred percent in China. The transfer yeah, fees. yeah. Um, so as a result. You know, they were basically saying we will pay sixty million a year for Gareth Bale to play here, but we will not pay the extra money for a transfer fee. Real Madrid balked because for them, it's not just about clearing his salary off the books. It probably should be at this point, mm-hmm. given just how much animosity there is between Bale and the front office. Yeah, it's it's been ridiculous to watch. It's unfortunate, even though he he is a strange looking former spud who won them the Champions League two years ago. He won them the Champions League. It's not like he's a washed up player. When he's on the field, he plays well. He's just not in Zidane's um, team. Zidane's never like Bale. Yeah, which is crazy because then he won them the Champions League two years ago. Exactly. Um, a couple of weird transfers here to end it on. Uh, Thomas Vermaelen went from Barcelona to Vissel Kobe in Japan. And the weirdest one, uh, Daniel De Rossi, longtime Roma player, moved to Boca Juniors in Argentina. It just looked real weird to see him in a different jersey that wasn't that maroon of Roma. Exactly. I mean, I will say this. Vissel Kobe has turned into like this weirdly like bloated old that where, guy uh, team david via went david via and andre siniesta <laughs> i know man it, 10 years ago they'd be the best team in the world exactly <laughs> like via iniesta vermilion that that was that was a fifa team from 2009 but i would still some win some three and three tournaments probably yeah so with that i think it's time for us to bid everyone adieu let's figure out where they can find all of us on twitter shane where you at buddy I'm at Shane Hodgson 4. I looked it up. Because you're never on there. It's I'm, true. I'm never on there. Yeah. Well, follow him anyway. I, yeah, I, how if many you followers do, you I might be on there a little bit more. Yeah, that's true. Ooh. Um, at that's Olson 716 Also, Complete Darkness out now. You can buy it at uh, bylinepress.com. Uh, you can find me at the attachments. Uh, you can find 
a bunch of my writing over at E Pluribus Lunum. I've been busy uh, doing scouting reports and um, doing some news pieces as well. We Call It Soccer is produced by Nick Rodriguez. His views on soccer, politics, and other things can be found at Nick Rodriguez on Twitter. That's how fast he was. He got his name. Thanks to Tectonics for the use of the song Lustless. Check them out on Bandcamp and SoundCloud. Tell your friends to listen to We Call It Soccer. We are on SoundCloud, which means you can find us at fine podcast providers everywhere. With that, did you do for another seven days. See you all next week. See you. Bye.